0: It's Friday, and it's 6 o'clock, and it's time for the Non-Stop Audio Pod Podcast, with your host, Kevin. Hi guys, Kevin again. If you'd like to support the show, please please like, subscribe, and share with your friends and family. It will help a lot with the ratings. And now, back to the show. Bye for now. Chapter 6, The Butterfly Farm. Mr. Gringle led the way down the hill by a little path so overgrown that it was hardly possible to see it. Halfway down, the little company heard a squealing noise, and then an excited little voice. Toby! Toby! I'm here! Can I come with you? (laughs) It's Benny and the pigling, said Anne, amused at the little couple making their way excitedly towards them. Timmy ran to Curly and sniffed him all over, still not quite sure that he wasn't some kind of strange puppy. "'What are you doing up here?' said Toby sternly. "'You know you're not supposed to wander too far from the farm. "'You'll get lost one of these days, Benny.' "'Curly runned away,' said Benny, looking up at his big brother with wide brown eyes. ''You mean you wanted to find out where I'd gone, so you came after me with Curly,'' said Toby. ''Curly runned away. He run fast,'' said Benny, looking as if he was going to cry. ''You're a scoundrel, Benny,'' said Toby. ''You make that pigling of yours an excuse for getting about all over the place. You wait till Dad hears it. You'll get such a spanking. ''Well, tail on to us now.'' "'We're going to the butterfly farm, and if Curly runs away, let him. "'I'm tired of that pig.' "'I'll carry him,' said Benny, and picked up the little creature in his arms. "'But he soon had to put him down, for Curly squealed so loudly "'that Timmy and Binky both leapt round him in great concern. Hmm, well, shall we proceed?' asked Mr Gringle, walking on in front. Ah, "'Quite a party we have today.' "'Butterflies are afraid of pigs or dogs?' asked Benny, trotting beside him. "'Shall we leave them outside?' "'Don't ask idiotic questions, Benny,' said Toby. "'Then he gave a cry and caught Mr. Gringle's arm. "'I say, look at that butterfly. Don't you want to catch it? Is it rare?' "'No,' said Mr. Gringle rather coldly. "'It's a meadow-brown, very common indeed. Don't they teach you anything at school?' "'Fancy not knowing that. "'Julian, do we have any butterfly lessons?' asked Toby with a grin. "'I say, Mr Gringle, what about you coming and teaching us about cabbage butterflies "'and cauliflower moths and red emeralds and blue captains "'and peacock butterflies and ostrich moths and... "'Don't be an ass, Toby,' said Julian, "'seeing that Mr Gringle had no sense of humour at all "'and did not think this in the least funny. "'Mr Gringle,' "'Are there many rare butterflies about here?' "'Oh, yes, yes,' said the butterfly man. "'But not only that. "'There are so many of all kinds here, "'and it is easy to catch as many as I want for breeding purposes. "'One butterfly means hundreds of eggs, you know, "'and we hatch them out and sell them.' "'He suddenly made a dart to one side, "'almost knocking George over. "'Sorry, boy,' he said, making the others smile.' "'Sorry, there's a brown argus there, a lovely specimen, first I've seen this year. Uh, "'Stand clear, will you?' "'The children, and the dogs too, stood still as he tiptoed towards a small dark brown butterfly, "'spreading its tiny wings as it sat on a flowering plant. "'With a swift downward swoop, the net closed over the plant, "'and in a trice the butterfly man had caught the fluttering insect.' he pinched the net inwards and showed the children the tiny creature. There you are, a female brown Argus, one of the family of the blue butterflies you see so often in full summer. She'll lay me plenty of eggs, and they'll all hatch into fat little slug-like caterpillars, and... But this isn't a blue butterfly, said Anne, looking through the fine net. It's dark brown with a row of pretty orange spots along the margins of its wings. All the same, it belongs to the Blue Butterfly Family, said Mr. Gringle, taking it out with the gentlest of fingers and putting it into a tin case slung round his shoulders. It's probably come up from one of those hay meadows down in the valley there. In you go, my little beauty. Mr. Gringle, quick! Here's a most lovely butterfly, called George. It's got greeny-black front wings with red spots and lovely red back wings with dark green borders. Oh, quick! I'm sure you want this one. That's not a butterfly, said Dick, who knew a good deal about them. I should think not, said Mr. Gringle, getting his net poised, ready to swoop. It's a moth, a lovely little thing. Down went his net, and the pretty little red and green insect fluttered in surprise inside it. But moths don't fly in the daytime, argued George. Only at night. Rubbish, said Mr Gringle, looking at the moth through the thick lenses of his glasses. What are boys coming to nowadays? In my boyhood nearly every boy knew that there are night-time and day-time ones as well. But, began George again, and stopped as Mr Gringle gave her quite a glare. This... "'Is a 6 spot burnet day flying moth,' he said, "'speaking slowly as if he were addressing a very small child. "'It loves to fly in the hot sunshine. "'Please do not argue with me. "'I don't like ignorance of this sort.' "'George looked rather mutinous, and Dick nudged her. "'He's right, fatted," he said in a low voice. "'You don't know much about moths, so say nothing, George, "'or he won't let us go with him.' I'd like two or three more of these six spots, highly coloured and unusually large. Perhaps you could see if you can find any more, all of you. Everybody began to look here and there, and to shake any little bush or clump of grass they passed. Timmy and Binky were most interested in this, and began a hunt on their own, sniffing and snuffling everywhere, not quite sure what they were looking for, but enjoying it all the same.' Mr Gringle took a long time to get to his butterfly farm and the children began to wish they hadn't asked to go there was so much sidestepping to see this and that so much examining when a specimen was caught so much talky talk as Dick whispered to Anne do you keep your butterflies and moths in those glass houses asked julian yes said mr gringle Come along, I'll show you what I and my friend Mr. Brent do. He's away today, so you can't meet him. It was certainly a strange place. The cottage looked as if it were about to fall down at any moment. Two of the windows were broken, and some tiles had fallen off the roof. But the glass houses were in good repair, and the glass panes were perfectly clean. Evidently, the butterfly men thought more of their butterflies and moths, "'than they did of themselves. "'Do you live here all alone with Mr Brent, your friend?' asked Dick curiously, "'thinking that it must be a strange and lonely life. "'Oh, no, old Mrs Janes lives here too,' said Mr Gringle, "'and sometimes her son comes to do my small repairs "'and to clean all the glass of the butterfly houses. "'There's the old lady, look. "'She can't bear insects of any sort, "'so she never comes into the glass houses.' An old woman, looking exactly like a witch, peered out at them through a window in the cottage. Anne was quite scared to see her. Toby grinned. "'She's quite harmless,' he said to Anne. "'Our cook knows her because she often comes to us for eggs and milk. "'She's got no teeth at all, so she mutters and mumbles, "'and that makes her seem more like a witch than ever.' "'I don't much like the look of her,' said Anne, "'going thankfully into the first of the butterfly houses. "'Oh!' What a lot of butterflies! There certainly were. Hundreds were flying about loose, and many others were in little compartments, either by themselves or with another butterfly to match. The children saw that many bushes and plants were growing in the glass house, and on some of them were placed long sleeves made of muslin tied in at each end. What's in these long sleeves of fine muslin? asked Dick. Oh, I see. They're full of caterpillars. My word, how they're eating, too! Yes, I told you we breed butterflies and moths, said Mr Gringle, and he opened the end of one of the muslin bags, so that the visitors could see the caterpillars better. These are the caterpillars of one kind of butterfly. They feed on this particular plant. The children gazed at scores of green caterpillars, marked with red and yellow spots, all eating greedily on the leaves of the twig enclosed there. Mr Gringle undid another of the muslin bags and showed them some huge caterpillars, each of them green, with purple stripes on the side and a curious black horn on the tail end. Privet hawk moth caterpillars, said Mr Gringle, and Julian and Dick nodded. They knew these big green caterpillars quite well. Why is the moth called Privet hawk? "'asked Anne. "'There are so many different hawk-moths I know. "'I've often wondered why they are all called hawk.' "'Mr Gringle beamed at Anne, "'evidently thinking that this was quite an intelligent question. "'Haven't you ever seen a hawk-moth flying?' he said. "'No. Well, it flies very strongly indeed. "'Oh, a most striking flight, "'like the flight of the bird called a hawk, you know.' "'You're not feeding the caterpillars on privet, though,' said George. "'But you said they were privet hawks.' "'There isn't any privet growing near here,' said Mr. Gringle. "'So I give them elder. "'This is an elder bush which I planted in the glasshouse. "'They like it just as much.' "'The butterfly farm was certainly interesting,' and the children wandered about the glass house, watching caterpillars of all kinds, admiring the lovely specimens of butterflies, and marvelling at the collection of curious-shaped chrysalids and cocoons that Mr. Gringle kept carefully in boxes, waiting for the perfect insect, moth or butterfly, to emerge. "'Like magic,' he said in an awed voice, his eyes shining behind his glasses. "'Sometimes, you know... I feel like a magician myself, and my butterfly net is a wand. The children felt rather uncomfortable as he said this, waving his butterfly net to and fro like a wand. He really was rather an odd person. It's terribly hot in here, said Julian suddenly. Let's get into the fresh air. I've had enough. Goodbye, Mr. Gringle, and thank you. Out they all went, and drew in deep breaths of fresh air. And then they heard a croaking voice behind them. Get out of there, said the voice. Get out! Chapter 7 Mrs. Janes, a spider and a pool Timmy growled, and so did Binky. The children swung round and saw the old witch-like woman standing there, her wispy grey hair hanging over her face. What's the matter, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. James, said Julian, fortunately remembering the name Mr. Gringle had told them. We're not doing any harm. My son doesn't like strangers here, said Mrs. Janes, mumbling so much that the children could hardly understand what she was saying. But this place belongs to Mr. Gringle, surely, and his friend, said Dick, puzzled. "'I tell you, my son doesn't like strangers here,' "'mumbled the old woman again, and shook her fist at them. "'Timmy didn't like this and growled. "'She at once pointed her finger at him "'and muttered a long string of strange-sounding words "'so that Anne shrank back, afraid. "'Really, Mrs. Jane's did look exactly like a witch, "'and sounded like one, too. "'Timmy acted strangely.' "'He put his tail down, stopped growling, and crept close to George. "'She was most astonished. "'It looks as if she's trying to put a spell on old Tim,' said Dick, half laughing. "'But that was too much for Anne and George. "'Taking Timmy by the collar, George rushed off quickly with Anne following. "'The boys laughed. "'Binky ran after Timmy, and Toby spoke boldly to the funny old woman. "'Your son isn't even here.' "'So what business is it of his to tell you to give orders to visitors?' "'Tears suddenly began to pour down the old woman's face, "'and she wrung her bony hands together. (laughs) "'He'll hit me,' she wept. "'He'll twist my arm. "'Go away, do go away. "'If he comes, he'll chase you off. "'He's a bad man, my son.' "'She's mad, poor old thing,' said Toby, feeling sorry for old Mrs. Janes. "'Our cook often says so, though she's harmless enough. "'Her son's not too bad. "'He's quite handy at repairs, "'and we used to have him come to the farm to mend roofs and things like that. "'But he's not so good as he used to be. "'Come on, let's go. "'Mr. Gringle's a bit peculiar too, isn't he?' "'They went off after the two girls, "'Toby still feeling uncomfortable and distressed.' "'What's Mr Gringle's friend like, the one who helps him?' Julian asked. "'I don't know. I've never seen him,' said Toby. "'He's away mostly doing the business side, I think, "'selling specimens of eggs, caterpillars and so on. "'And the perfect moths and butterflies too, of course. "'I'd like to see that butterfly house again, "'but Mr Gringle gets on my nerves,' said Dick. "'Those brilliant eyes behind those thick glasses.' "'You'd think that if they were as bright and piercing as that, "'he wouldn't need to wear any glasses at all.' "'Hey, George! Anne!' shouted Julian. "'Wait for us! We're just coming!' "'They caught up with the girls, and Julian grinned at George. "'You thought old Timmy was going to be changed into a black beetle or something, didn't you?' he said. "'No, of course not,' said George, going red. "'I just didn't like her very much.' pointing her finger like that at Timmy. No wonder he growled. You didn't hear what she said about her son, said Dick. She began to cry like anything after you'd gone, and say that her son would beat her and twist her arm if we didn't go, and he's not even there. She's mad, said George. I don't want to go there again. What are we going to do now? Go up to our camping place and have our lunch, said Julian promptly. "'Come with us, Toby, or have you got jobs to do at the farm?' "'No, I've done them all,' said Toby. "'I'd love to have a meal with you up on the hill.' It wasn't very long before they were back at their camping-place. Everything was as they had left it, anoraks neatly under the gorse-bush with the rugs and other little things, and the food in Ann's larder waiting for them. The meal was hilarious, as Toby was in one of his silly moods and produced some idiotic jokes.' The most successful one was a large imitation spider with shaky legs, which, while Anne and George had gone to get the food, he hung by a thin nylon thread to a spray on the nearby gorse bush. Dick grinned broadly. (laughs) Wait till Anne sees that, he said. George always says she doesn't mind spiders, but a big one like that is distinctly creepy. It certainly was. Anne didn't spot it until she was eating her strawberries, covered with some of the cream that Toby's mother had generously sent. Then she suddenly spied it, shaking slightly in the breeze, hanging by its thread just over George's head. Ooh! she squealed. "'Oh, George, be careful! There's a monster spider just over your head!' "'What? Is George scared of spiders?' cried Toby at once. <laughs> "'Just like a girl!' George glared at him. "'I don't mind them at all,' she said coldly. "'George, do move!' cried Anne, upsetting her strawberries in her anxiety. "'It's almost on your head, I tell you! "'Its legs are wobbling as if they're going to settle on your hair! "'George, it's an enormous one! "'It might even be one of those foreign things, a tarantula or something!' The wind blew a little just then, and the spider moved about on the thread most realistically. Even Dick was glad it wasn't alive. George couldn't resist looking up, pretending to be quite unmoved. But when she saw the enormous creature just above her, she shot straight out of her place and landed on Toby's legs, making him spill his strawberries and cream. "'Now, now, Georgina,' said the annoying Toby, picking up his strawberries, "'you said you didn't mind spiders. "'I'll remove it for you, and you can go back to your place.' (gasps) "'No, no, don't touch it!' (coughs) cried Anne. "'But Toby, putting on a very brave face, "'leaned over and neatly took the spider off the gorse bush, "'still swinging by its thread. "'He swung it near to Anne, who scrambled up at once.' Then he made it walk over Dick's knee, and Timmy came to investigate at once. Binky came too, and snapped at it, breaking the nylon thread that held it. "'Ass!' said Toby, giving him a smack. "'My beautiful spider! My spinner of webs! My tame catcher of flies!' "'What? Is it a tame one?' said Anne in horror. "'More or less,' said Toby." and put it carefully into his pocket, grinning all over his round face. That's enough, Toby, said Julian. Joke's finished. George stared at Toby, her face growing crimson. A joke? A joke? You wait till I pay you back, Toby. I don't call that a joke. I call it a mean trick. You knew Anne hated spiders. Um, Let's change the subject said Dick hastily. "'What are we going to do this afternoon?' "'I know what I'd like to do,' said Julian longingly. "'I'd like a bathe. It's so jolly hot. If we were at Kirin, I'd be in the sea all afternoon.' "'I wish we were at Kirin,' said George sulkily. "'Well, if you really do want a bathe, I can take you to a pool,' said Toby, anxious to get into everyone's good books again. "'A pool?' Where? said Dick eagerly. Well, see that airfield down there, said Toby, pointing. And see this spring here, where you get your water? It goes on and on, running down the hill, joins two or three more little rivulets, and ends in a smashing pool not far from the airfield. Cold as ice it is, too. I've often bathed there. It sounds jolly good, said Julian, pleased. Well, We can't bathe immediately after a meal. We'll do the washing up and put the rest of the food away. Then we'll sit here and have a bit of a rest, and then go and find this pool. Everyone agreed to this, and they all set to work. The girls hurried off to the little spring. If Toby has any more idiotic tricks like that, I'll play a few on him, said George. In fact, I've a good mind to pull him under in the pool.' "'He's all right, George,' said Anne. "'He's just like that at school, Dick says. "'He must drive the masters mad.' "'They soon joined the boys and had a short rest, "'while Timmy and Binky went off amiably together to do a little hunting, "'sniffing down holes and under bushes, looking very serious indeed. "'They came back immediately. George whistled. "'We're going, Timmy,' said George. "'Here's your swimsuit, Dick.' "'And yours, Julian. Good thing we brought them with us.' "'What about you, Toby? You haven't a swimsuit with you,' said Julian. "'We have to pass fairly near the farm,' said Toby. "'I'll leave you when we're near there and get mine. "'It won't take more than five minutes if I run all the way back.' "'They set off down the hill towards the airfield. "'Except for the plane they had heard that morning, they had heard and seen none. "'It seemed a very quiet airfield.' "'Wait till they start experimenting with the new fighter planes my cousin told me about,' said Toby. "'You'll hear a noise then. "'They're so fast, they break the sound barrier every time they go up.' "'Would your cousin let us look over the airfield one day?' asked Julian. "'I'd like to do that.' "'Look, isn't that your farm, Toby? "'We've got here jolly quickly. "'But it's all downhill, of course.' "'Yes,' said Toby. "'Come on, Binky, race you home and back.' "'Shan't be long, Julian. Keep straight ahead and walk towards that big pine tree you can see in the distance. "'I'll be with you by the time you're there.' "'He raced off at top speed, while the others went on slowly towards the pine trees in the distance. "'It would be heavenly to bathe in a cool pool!' "'Toby was certainly a fast runner. "'Just before they reached the pine tree, he came up behind them, "'his swimsuit over his shoulder, so out of breath that he could hardly speak.' It's over there, he panted. Look, the pool! And sure enough, there was the pool, deep blue, cool and smooth as glass. Trees surrounded it on one side, and Heather grew right down to the edge. The five children went towards it gladly, but suddenly they came to a big notice nailed to a tree. Keep out. Danger. Crown property. I say... "'What does that mean?' said Dick in dismay. "'We can't bathe after all.' "'Oh, take no notice of that,' said Toby. "'It doesn't mean a thing.' "'But it did, as they were very soon to find out.' Chapter Eight A Spot of Trouble "'What do you mean by saying that the notice doesn't mean a thing?' said Julian. "'Why put it up, then?' "'Oh, there are notices like that all round the airfield,' said Toby airily. "'Telling you to keep out, there's danger. "'But there isn't. "'Only aeroplanes are here, no guns, no bombs, nothing. "'It's a jolly lonely place, too, tucked away at the foot of this hill.' "'Why don't you ask your cousin why they put up the notices?' asked Dick. "'There must be some reason.' "'I tell you, those notices have been up for ages,' said Toby, sounding cross.' Ages! They might have been some use at some time or other, but not now. We can bathe here and do what we like. All right, but I hope you know what you're talking about, said Julian. I must say, I can't see any sense myself in putting notices here. There's no wire or fencing to keep anyone out. Let's get into our bathing things then, said Dick. You girls can have that bush over there, and we'll have this one. Back up. They were soon changed into their swimsuits and dived into the pool, which was surprisingly deep. It was also deliciously cool and silky to the touch, just as the spring water had been. The two dogs leapt in gladly and swam vigorously round and round. The children splashed them, and Timmy began to bark excitedly. ''Shut up, Timmy!'' said Toby at once. ''Why should he?'' demanded George, swimming up. ''Well...'' Someone at the airfield might hear him, said Toby. You said it didn't matter us being here, said George. Look out for yourself. She dived underwater and got hold of Toby's legs, pulling him down. He yelled and kicked and spluttered, but George was strong, and she gave him a very, very good ducking. He came up, purple in the face. I said I'd pay you back for the spider, yelled George, and swam strongly away. Toby swam after her, and she led him a fine dance round the pool, for she was a splendid swimmer. The others laughed at the contest. (laughs) I back old George, said Dick. She don't swim most boys. Well, she's put Toby in his place, all right. He won't be so free with spiders and silly jokes for a while. Timmy began to bark again when he saw Toby chasing George, and Binky joined in. Shut up, Binky shouted Toby. I tell you, stop barking! Before Binky had obeyed, something happened. A very loud voice came across the pool. What's all this? You're trespassing on Crown property. Didn't you see the notice? The dogs stopped barking, and the five children looked round to see who was shouting. Their heads bobbed on the surface of the water as they gazed about to find the shouter. It was a man in Air Force uniform, A big man, burly and red-faced. What's the matter? called Julian, swimming towards him. We're only bathing. We're not doing any harm. Didn't you see the notice? shouted the man, pointing over to it. Yes, but we couldn't see much danger here, called back Julian, wishing now that he hadn't believed Toby. You come on out, roared the man. All of you, come on. They all waded out of the cool pond, Anne feeling scared. The dogs splashed out, too, and stood eyeing the man grimly. He calmed down a little when he saw them. "'Those your dogs?' I heard barking. "'Well, now I see you're all kids, though one of you's big enough to know better.' And he pointed to Julian. "'I thought maybe you were trippers, thinking you could come wandering on the airfield and not get into trouble.' "'Trippers don't come here!' said Toby, squeezing the water out of his hair. "'Nor to sensible children,' retorted the man. "'I've had trouble from you before, haven't I?' "'Yes. Didn't you come walking round the hangars, as bold as brass one day? And that dog with you, too?' "'I only went to see my cousin, Flight Lieutenant Thomas,' said Toby. "'I wasn't doing any harm. I wasn't spying. I tell you, I only went to see my cousin.' "'Well, I shall report you to him,' said the man. "'and tell him to give you a proper ticking-off. "'We've strict instructions to warn off anyone. "'There's notices everywhere.' "'Is something hush-hush going on, then?' said Toby, with a sudden grin. "'As if I'd tell you if there was,' said the man, in disgust. "'Far as I can see, there's nothing much doing here. "'Dull as ditch-water, this place. "'And as far as I'm concerned, I'd welcome a horde of trippers. but would liven the place up no end. "'But orders are orders.' "'as you very well know.' "'Julian thought it was about time that he should join in. "'The man was only doing his duty, "'and Toby was an ass to have said that the notices meant nothing. "'Well, we apologise for trespassing,' he said in his clear, pleasant voice. "'We shan't bathe here again, I promise you. "'Sorry to have made you come all this way to warn us off.' "'The RAF guard looked at Julian with respect.' There was something about the boy that reassured people, and the man now felt quite sure that it was all Toby's fault. He smiled. "'That's all right,' he said. "'Sorry to cut your bathe short this hot day, and, uh, if that rogue of a boy here,' he pointed to Toby, "'if he cares to ask Flight Lieutenant Thomas for permission to bathe in this pool at certain hours, he's OK by me.' "'I shan't come running, then, when I hear dogs barking and a lot of shouting, "'if I know you're allowed here at certain hours.' "'Thanks,' said Julian. "'But anyway, we're only here for a few days.' "'So long,' said the man, and walked off smartly. "'Well,' said Toby, quite unashamed, "'what did he want to come messing about here for, spoiling our bathe? "'He said there wasn't anything secret going on, so why—' "'Oh, shut up,' said Dick. You heard what he said about orders being orders. He's not a silly schoolboy trying to be clever and getting out of doing his work. Yes, like you do at school, Toby, and a good many of the others. He's a man in uniform. You'd better grow up a bit, young Toby. I agree, said Julian, so don't let's hear any more about it. You slipped up, Toby, and that's all there is to it. Now... "'Let's dry ourselves and go to the farm and ask your nice, kind mother "'if she'll let us have some more food to take back to our camp with us. "'I'm as hungry as a hunter after our bathe.' "'Toby was rather subdued after all this. "'He glanced at George to see if she was gloating over his ticking off. "'But George was never one to exult over anyone's downfall, and Toby felt relieved. "'Shall I ask my cousin if he'll get permission for us to bathe in the pool?' "'he said as they went away from the water, dry and dressed again. "'I think not,' said Julian. "'But I'd like to meet your cousin sometime, all the same.' "'He might take us up in a plane,' said Toby, hopefully, "'his spirits rising at the thought. "'Oh, look there! Here's that little wretch Benny again, and the pigling!' "'Benny panted up, carrying the little pig. (laughs) "'You look like Tom-Tom the Piper's son.' "'said Julian, ruffling the yellow curls. "'He stole a pig and ran away, carrying it under his arm. "'But this is my own pig,' said Benny, surprised. "'I didn't steal him. "'I came to find you because my mother says come to tea.' "'You have got a nice mother,' said Anne, taking the small boy's hand. "'Why don't you put the pig down? "'He must be so heavy.' He runned away again, said Benny severely. So I carried him. Put a collar on his neck with a lead, suggested Dick. He hasn't got a neck, said Benny. And indeed, the pigling was so plump that his head joined his body without any neck at all. The little procession made its way to the farm, and the pigling at once ran in front, squealing. It seemed surprised and delighted to find it was home again. Timmy pricked up his ears when it squealed. He thought that it must be in pain, and he was worried. He ran beside the little creature, trying to nuzzle it. Mrs Thomas saw them through the window. "'Come along in,' she said. "'I thought you might like to have tea here again today, "'because I've a visitor you'd like to meet.' "'Who is it?' cried Toby, running indoors.' It's you, Cousin Jeff!